Next on PIJN News, Dr. Chaps reports on these important issues. What should America's immigration policy be? We interview Helen Raleigh, a legal immigrant from China. Also, Angie Graff, against human sex trafficking. And finally, are wind firms killing golden eagles? Former Navy Chaplain Gordon James Klingenschmidt took a stand to defend religious freedom by daring to pray publicly in Jesus' name. Now he helps you by reporting the news, discerning the spirits, and praying the scriptures. Would you pray with us? Here's Dr. Chaps. Dr. Chaps here at the Western Conservative Summit. We're joined by our returning guest, Helen Raleigh, who is a Chinese immigrant, now American citizen, gonna talk about immigration. Welcome, Helen. Thank you for having me. So last time you talked about your book and your, your history growing up in China, what it was like, and now yeah, 17 years you took personally to do it the right way. You were an American citizen. We love you. Congratulations. You're very patriotic. What are you here for, uh, talking about now? Well, I'm here to talk about a free market-based economic um, immigration reform because this year happens to be the 20 years, 20th anniversary of me becoming a U.S. immigrant. I started my journey 20 years ago, as you mentioned earlier, but it took me 17 long years to follow all the right steps to become a legal immigrant. So based on my own experience, I think our immigration system is broken, but I have some good ideas to how to fix it. And you've written a book about this. Hold up your book and tell us the name. The book is called The Broken Welcome Mat, The Un-American Immigration System and How Can We Fix It? The Broken Welcome Mat. So. Uh, Donald Trump is talking a lot about immigration. This is a big topic. It's related somehow to national security. Uh, he wants to build a wall along Mexico. But you have been inside of the system. Right. And you think there are uh, better approaches that could be had. Absolutely. Because I grew up in a country that built a wall for 2,000 years. It's never successfully to keep people out rather than keep the people in. So I don't think building a wall is an American ideal. And it's not going to solve our immigration problem because half of the illegal immigrants are people who, come, who came here legally on temporary work visas and they overstay their work. Uh, on temporary visas. They overstay their visas. So a wall will never stop them. I have some better ideas. So instead of bringing people to uh, America on a temporary work visa and then it expires and they just stay here, they keep working, they don't go home, but they don't, now they're part of the underground system where maybe they're not paying taxes. What is a better solution? Well, I should correct myself. Uh, a lot of people come here just on temporary visa. They could be student, could be a tourist, and could be workers. So many people came here on temporary visa and then wait until it expires. So I think two things need to happen. First is we do want to enhance our national security and border patrol, and as well as a better screening program for visa applicants. At the same time, we need to ease our work visa program because right now, or our, our entire immigration system is run by quotas. Quotas were determined by bureaucrats who had no idea what the market demand is, what our economy needs. Our immigration system is a quota system run on supply, right? There are all these people who want to come to our great country. And so the bureaucrats set a quota to say only this many allow, which create a huge backlog and problem. So my solution is let's simplify our immigration system and let's let's eliminate temporary work visa quotas and let the market, free market decide whether we need a nuclear physicist or somebody to pick, help us to pick a fruit or become a construction workers. Let the free market decide. So we need to switch our 
supply-based immigration system to a demand-based immigration system. So instead of quotas, we say um, that there should be a demand-based, where people who want to hire people, uh, what do you do? You put the employers in charge of maybe in the middle of the approval process? Oh, yes. So we can, in my book, I talk about the, some good immigration states such as Canada and Australia have. In Canada and Australia, 70% of their annual legal immigrants are worker skilled worker-based. And all those immigrants who 95% of them has jobs. So, and they have a public and private run system together. Basically, if I want to apply for a skilled labor, I go through an online evaluation system. No agent has to be involved. I fill out my qualifications. They give me a score, and there's a minimal passing score. If I pass, then I'm in this pool. Then based on the type of job I'm applying, they will send my resume to a private sector. For example, if I claim I can become a nuclear physicist, you know, applying for immigration to Australia, Australian uh, government will send the immigration system, will send my resume to a Australian maybe nuclear physicist society. And they will evaluate me. Maybe we'll have a phone call, maybe we'll do email exchange. Eventually, they will be the one to tell the government in Australia whether I'm qualified to be a nuclear physicist or I'm just a fraud. So you think it should be based on your skills and not just based on, for example, your family connections. Talk about that. Right. So our immigration system is heavily focused on family reunion. Actually, over 70% are legal immigrants on an annual basis, our family reunion. I don't think it, our nation is, was founded upon ideas and ideals. Why, yet our immigration system is so heavily focused on blood relationship. We don't care about your qualification, but as long as you relate to somebody, then you qualify, you should be ahead of the line. To me, that's in, inherently unfair. That's part of the reason why it took me so long, because I wasn't born here. I didn't have any family relation here. Yet, it, ever since I became an immigrant here, I, be, I like to say I'm a productive citizen to this country. So I'd like to, I'd like to see our immigration system to become more skill-based, less family union. I'm not advocating eliminating family union. I think we should preserve family reunion only if a U.S. citizen wants to bring their parents or somebody much younger who are not in the situation can support themselves. But if that's the case, then you as the U.S. citizen should be financially responsible for bringing your family here. You cannot just say, family needs to, needs to stay together, so I want to bring my little child here, but I'm going to dump it to the welfare system to support it. That is what caused the fraction. Fascinating. So bring skilled labor to America. Bring uh, people who do it the right way. Welcome people who want to come to America and work and contribute and learn English. You have set a great example for many of the people who I hope follow your example and buy your book. Yes. Tell people where to find your book. They can, uh, at a conference, they can find it at a bookstore and they can also find it online on Amazon. It's available in Kindle and paperback version. Helen Raleigh, The Broken Welcome Mat, talking about a better and legal immigration policy. Thank you, Helen, for coming on the program. Thank you for having me. Okay. God bless you in Jesus' name. I'm Dr. Chaps, and we'll be right back. Giving you a megaphone in Washington, D.C. Dr. Chaps will be right back. How can you discern the thoughts in your own mind from the thoughts that come to you from the Holy Spirit or from angels or from invisible demons? I'm Dr. Chaps, and you've seen us on this show talk about the gift of discerning of spirits. Maybe you know that I wrote my PhD dissertation 
entitled How to See the Holy Spirit and Angels and Demons. And it's all about this important topic of receiving the gift of discerning of spirits. How can you discern the thoughts that come to you? How do you know to learn to hear the voice of God and discern that from the demonic voice which tempts us to sin? Well, this is an important skill and it will change your ministry. It'll change your life, which is why we've created now not just a book, but a 17-part video Bible study on a four-disc DVD set that we would like to send to you and your church and your family and your small group. This important Bible study series goes through Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. How did Jesus discern the spirits? How did the Apostle Paul discern the spirits? What does the Old Testament say about demons and the Holy Spirit and angels? When you learn to discern, it will transform your life and your ministry. Please visit our website, PrayInJesusName.org, and get this important video resource. Or call us toll-free at 866-Obey-God, and for a suggested donation of $99, we'll give you the entire 17-part Bible study series for just $99. And if you order today, we'll throw in the book for free. Visit our website, PrayInJesusName.org, or call us toll-free at 866-Obey-God. Get this important Bible study series for your family. Call today. He is the intersection of church and state. Here is Dr. Chaps. Welcome back. I'm Dr. Chaps. We're at the Western Conservative Summit. We're going to talk for a moment about human trafficking, otherwise known as sex slavery. I mean, there's no polite way to talk about this, but we have an expert with a heart of compassion, Angie Graff from the Chosen Advocates Association. Welcome, Angie, to the program. Thank you for inviting me. So talk about your organization and how you got started with this. Well, my organization is called Chosen Advocates Association, and what we have been doing right now is addressing human trafficking here in, at the state local level. Um, human trafficking of children, child sex trafficking here, we're in the top 10 cities in the nation for child sex trafficking. And these kids are not from faraway lands or foreign. These are domestic children. They're black, they're white, they're Asian, they're African American, they're, they're um, Native American. You know, they're, they come from all different races and groups. So this is, this human trafficking, this modern day slavery does not care about color, does not care about your social economics. It doesn't care because off of one child, a trafficker can make $250,000 a year. So it's big money. It's a $32 billion a year industry. And here in America, they say it's, it's a $9 billion um, a year industry. So, so where do these children come from? Are they runaways? Are they kidnapped? What, are they imported? Where, where do they come from? Some of them can be kidnapped. Um, some of them can be sold off by their family. Um, some of them can have a lot of at-risk issues where they're running away from bad situations from their own home, so they're ending up out, out on the streets. So about 65% of these children can be coming from homelessness, and so a trafficker will approach the children within about 48 to 72 hours um, once they get onto the streets because they want to take them in. A lot of times they can be like a Romeo, they call them a Romeo pimp trafficker where they can persuade this person as, hey, I could be your boyfriend or your girlfriend. Even women are involved in it with luring these kids. Um, we can take you in as family. Once they give them their basic needs, they say, okay, now you're going to work for us. And so they 
end up start selling them. Um, it, it, a lot of times they can sell them on Backpage and they start, you know, mentoring them to, to get into that type of life. And what if the girl says no at that point? Um, they can threaten them in their families. A lot of times it's a lot of fear tactics where they can say, you know, we're going to kill you we can, if they have family and they know exactly because they're going to want to know a little bit more. So they're going to try to get everything and every information out of these children. So where did you live? Who's your parents? Who's your family? And once they tell them that, then they start threatening family members that will kill your mom, will kill your dad, will kill your brothers, will kill your sisters. So it's like a, a, a fear tactic type of thing that these traffickers can keep them in bondage. So you are advocating and tell us your website and what does your organization want to happen? Overall, the overall vision is to build the first holistic healing medical center because I'm an RN by profession and that's something that is necessary to address these victims, mind, body and spirit. You're a nurse. You've I met these nurse. girls in the hospital. I have met a lot of survivors, absolutely. Uh, what is your website? It is caaprojectrestoration.org. CAAprojectRestoration.org. What do people find when they go there? How can they help? Um, they'll actually see exactly what we hosted last September. We hosted a National Human Trafficking Summit to address the medical implications of these victims and involving medical, the medical field to understand and be educated if these victims come into the ER, if they come into the offices, if they come into the clinic, how to identify them. And now we're looking at being able to develop evidence-based curricula to be implemented in other like um, those those areas as well as education so that we can educate people how to take care of these victims. You've also been involved in state politics. I've seen you at the legislature. You guys are advocating in front of the health committees. State Representative Beth McCann, talk about that. So State Representative Beth McCann was a huge, huge runner and a huge sponsor of a bill to strengthen our human trafficking laws. And that just happened um, in 2003. 14, um, our laws became a little bit stronger. Well, not a little bit, a lot stronger. So there was loopholes where traffickers, if they were um, going to get arrested and prosecuted, and she helped strengthen those laws that if a child is trafficked under the age of 18 and they get caught here in Colorado, they can be up to 10, 10 years to life be if they get caught and get prosecuted. And it has worked. Jefferson County prosecuted the first human trafficker that was trafficking children and they did sentence him, sentence him to life. So he was trafficking about 15 children. So Beth McCann it was a huge voice in that. I met with her. Um, she's also a forerunner for a lot of things in community and so she's now the Denver DA. Well she just won her she election. Won her election. Yeah. So that's so awesome. She's the first woman in history in Denver County to sit in that, that seat and I, I'm really proud of her. I'm really excited about what she's going to bring to the table and she definitely wants to get Denver County involved into what we're doing. So um, I'm just I'm just blessed to know her. Well, those people need to be put behind bars, and I bet Beth McCann is going to do that. I, I bet she. I will. believe she will. <laughs> well, thank you so much for your advocacy, for your work, for the innocent victims, or sometimes people who are just troubled and they don't know where to turn. But you have provided a solution. Mention your website again. It's caaprojectrestoration.org. And if you know somebody in help, they can go to that website that needs help. They can go to that website and you're, you'll connect them with the right resources. Absolutely. All right. This is a nurse who is continuing to care for people in need. And I'm so proud of your work. Thank you for coming on the show, Angie. Thank you for inviting me. All right. That was Angie Graff and I'm Dr. Chaps. And we'll be right back. This is PIJN News. Defending your religious freedom. Dr. Chaps will be right back.
Do you ever pray and sometimes you feel like your prayers are hitting the ceiling and they don't get to God or maybe you don't get the result that you hoped for? I'm Dr. Chaps and I want to make available to you a new resource, a four-part video Bible teaching series on how to pray effective prayers. Did you know God has given us instructions in the Bible? For example, in 1 Timothy 2, there are four different Greek words for four different kinds of prayers, supplication, petition, intercession, and thanksgiving. If you don't understand the way God teaches us to pray, then we cannot expect the result for which we hope. I'm asking you to get this important Bible video teaching series on DVD for a suggested donation of only $30. Call us right now at 866-Obey-God. Again, that's 866-O-B-E-Y-G-O-D. Or visit our website, PrayInJesusName.org and get this important video resource for your family. Call us right now. Empowering you, the grassroots activist. Here is Dr. Chaps. Welcome back, I'm Dr. Chaps. We're joined again at the Western Conservative Summit in Denver 2016 by a celebrity guest, or should I say, uh, the celebrity guest handler, Peter Reshetniak with the Raptor Education Foundation. Welcome to the program, Peter. Thank you very much. And Peter, who do you have on your arm here? I have a female golden eagle and she is 35 years old. She's been with us since she was six months old. And her mission uh, with all of our other raptors, and we have falcons and hawks and a vulture and owls, is to promote environmental literacy. All of our birds have sustained some sort of a physical impediment or behavioral impediment, which prevents them from surviving on their own in the wild. And they go through rehabilitation with somebody else, which is something we don't do. But once they fail rehab school, the laws are typically such you have to euthanize the animal unless you can outsource it. And that's where we specialized back in 1980. We've taken her, retrained her. She's become part of our uh, an ambassadorial program so people can learn about predators and prey and the whole dynamic ecosystem that supports them. And today we're here essentially to bring this audience's attention to the devastation caused by wind farms. So hold on a second. Uh, you rehabilitate and salvage uh, eagles that would otherwise be euthanized, like this beautiful, magnificent animal. Uh, does she have a name? Um, first of all, we don't rehabilitate them. Somebody else has already done that. Okay. But they failed the process, and so typically that bird would be euthanized. We step in, take it, retrain the animal so it can work in situations like this, and then it becomes part of our educational outreach programs. And she does have a name which we don't share with anybody because our essential mission is to promote science and not Disneyland. And when a child hears of a bird like this gorgeous creature called Henrietta or George, that's what they remember and they don't remember what it actually is. So, and the bird doesn't care about its name anyway. So you want to educate the public, including children, but in this case, me and, and our audience. Yes. And talk about wind farms. You, you said these beautiful animals are in some kind of danger because of windmills where they're generating energy in, in the countryside? Yeah, wind farms um, are growing at an enormous rate, and the devastation caused to wildlife in particular golden eagles in many of the ranges where the wind farms are common um, is devastating. The population of golden eagles, for instance, is not real high because they're apex predators at the top of the food chain, so to speak. When you kill one of these birds, 
they don't become sexually mature for three to four years, and so you interrupt the family dynamics, the, uh, the population dynamics of them. If you don't have a good sense of how many golden eagles are in, in, in an area, you can very quickly eliminate entire subsections of the population. And for what? Because wind farms don't create enough energy to be self-sustaining. They are environmentally damaging. They are filthy in the production of all the equipment that it takes to create a wind generator, for instance. Uh, the cadmium exotic metals and the exotic uh, metals mined in China are mined under filthy environmental conditions. Those poor people are struggling for some sort of a, a sustenance living. They get paid dollars a day if they're lucky. And all of that stuff is turned into a wind farm whose average life nobody really knows. But the economists who sell the scheme of wind farms are basically selling a federal tax credit. And that's harvested by guys like Philip Anschutz, a billionaire in Colorado, getting ready to put up the biggest wind turbine system in the world up in Wyoming. And he's already been granted permission to kill 65 golden eagles a year. And they don't know how many of golden eagles are found in Wyoming. And there's other birds too, hawks, and what other kinds of animals? Um, all, there's about a half a million birds on average that are killed across the United States under wind farms. But the biggest uh, death is incurred by bats. And bats are actually, in most cases, not chopped up or maimed by the striking blades. They fly into a low pressure zone created by the wind farm and the sudden pressure drop in their lungs, burst the capillaries inside of their lungs, and they drown in their own blood. Oh, that sounds horrible. It's dreadful. And so our mission here is to alert this audience of allegedly conservative Republicans who hopefully, if an administration makes a change, they will get rid of the wind farm subsidies. In fact, all the alternative energy should stand on its own. And solar farms can't stand on their own. They suffer the same intermittency problems that wind farms do. So if it wasn't for the animals, and let's set them aside for a second, um, a good free market perspective would say that every energy source ought to pay for itself and not have extra government dollars picking and choosing winners and losers. It should not only do that, it should create a profit of excess energy. That's what we harvest and conventional uh, energy sources do that extremely well, but the best have been um, subsumed under the political uh, canopy of fear that's been created. The best is simply nuclear. and the best nuclear is thorium nuclear. And the research going into thorium nuclear right now shows us that it's much cleaner than conventional uranium uh, nuclear. It's easier to control. It doesn't have as much waste. And my goodness, the footprint of a thorium nuclear uh, uh, reactor is tiny compared to the hundreds and thousands of acres that are being taken up by all those wind turbines. I mean, I go to Wyoming a lot, and it's a beautiful state. I go there because they have lots of golden eagles. Well, I would think when you add the animal factor back into this that uh, people for the ethical treatment of animals, uh, the PETA crowd, they would tend to vote Republican because they would want to save beautiful animals like this from being hacked to pieces by vicious wind windmills across the country. Yeah, yeah.
That would be the logical inference. However, that's not the case. We're the only raptor organization that we know of in, in the entire United States that's come out publicly against wind farms. The American Bird Conservancy, which deals with birds in general, sued the federal government successfully to stop the 30-year waiver that was being provided to wind farm industrialists a 30-year waiver to allow them to kill eagles for 30 years because that's when the financial payout occurs. Right now there's a five-year waiver. They get to kill these guys for five years and then maybe they'll get a slap on the wrist. But um, the administration is now trying to run around that uh, defeat that they suffered by the American Bird Conservancy so they can re-implement that 30-year waiver because it takes that long for a wind turbine to technically pay for itself. But I don't even believe that. The biggest failure rate on wind, uh, wind generators are the uh, bearings. The bearings fail at enormous rates. Well, it's all fascinating, but I applaud your work. Tell us your website and what can people do to help? Well, the biggest thing people can do to help is to help us continue into our 37th and 38th year. Um, our website, Two websites is www.usaref.org or stopconflictenergy.org. And we call conflict energy the production of energy that kills creatures like this. Conflict diamonds, same thing. Only they're killing humans. USAREF.org, in other words, the Raptor Education Foundation, USAREF.org. Mr. Peter, thank you so much for the work that you do and God bless you, you are a beautiful animal. <laughs> Giving you a megaphone in Washington, D.C. Dr. Chaps will be right back. How can you discern the thoughts in your own mind from the thoughts that come to you from the Holy Spirit or from angels or from invisible demons? I'm Dr. Chaps, and you've seen us on this show talk about the gift of discerning of spirits. Maybe you know that I wrote my PhD dissertation entitled How to See the Holy Spirit and Angels and Demons. And it's all about this important topic of receiving the gift of discerning of spirits. How can you discern the thoughts that come to you? How do you know to learn to hear the voice of God and discern that from the demonic voice which tempts us to sin? Well, this is an important skill and it will change your ministry. It'll change your life, which is why we've created now not just a book, but a 17-part video Bible study on a four-disc DVD set that we would like to send to you and your church and your family and your small group. This important Bible study series goes through Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. How did Jesus discern the spirits? How did the Apostle Paul discern the spirits? What does the Old Testament say about demons and the Holy Spirit and angels. When you learn to discern, it will transform your life and your ministry. Please visit our website, PrayInJesusName.org, and get this important video resource. Or call us toll-free at 866-Obey-God, and for a suggested donation of $99, we'll give you the entire 17-part Bible study series for just $99. And if you order today, we'll throw in the book for free. Visit our website, PrayInJesusName.org, or call us toll-free at 866-Obey-God. Get this important Bible study series for your family. Call today.
Dr. Chaps needs your financial support to stay on the air. Would you please send your best donation today? Please visit PrayInJesusName.org to donate online. Or you can mail a check to Pray In Jesus Name Ministries, Post Office Box 77077, Colorado Springs, Colorado 80970. You can also call us toll free right now at 866-Obey-God. That's 866-O-B-E-Y-G-O-D. Please sign up for our free emails at PrayInJesusName.org. Again, that's PrayInJesusName.org.